so there's this new project that's coming out, and I don't think anybody ever asked for this. I don't think anybody really wants this, but I want I want you to imagine a world where they're coming out with another Power Rangers movie. That world is not our world. It's not, but unfortunately, it is. <laughs> so I, I so I heard about this, and I just wanted to get your thoughts. And I, I've been wanting to bring this up for a couple weeks now because this came out in December. So Hasbro bought the rights to Power Rangers back in 2018. And so they, they've been developing this. And I think they finally have a good story. Well, good in quotes, story that they want to put out. Um, so they're going to make another Power Rangers movie where it's going to contain time travel where the heroes have to get sent back to the 90s it's so lazy it's so lazy it's it's so uh you can do better i know well okay so i think they're just trying to go for all the nostalgia and trying to tie in the original cast probably and just they they think that those big names are going to draw people back in and it it's not. The it's only, not going to work. You're right. It's not going to work. And the only way they do get it to work is if they get J.J. Abrams. And I'm not saying whatever you think about Star Wars and all that stuff, I want you to think of Star Trek, where he took this property that a lot of people did not know or did not care about, except for like us nerds, and he made it He made it streamlined. Do that with Power Rangers. You can't take the you can't take the cheesiness and comedy of Power Rangers in the '90s and do the same thing today. It's just old. You can hit on nostalgia, but you've got to do it in a way where we're gonna pay attention, or else it's just gonna be a really terrible kids movie. And then what's the point of seeing it? Look, man, like I I just don't I don't want this. No one wants this. It it they took everything that was good about the power rangers in the 90s all the cheese all the camp all the ridiculousness of it all and they just tore it down for that reboot that they did recently where it's just dark and gritty and supposed to be like um i don't know like more modern take on on the the property and you just lost sight of what it really was in the 90s and if they're gonna do this whole time travel sequence or whatever they have to match the tone to that. They can't have a gritty uh, cast from the modern timeline go back into this campy, cheesy 90s era and have that those two different tones clash. So I really hope that they they really lean into the cheese, into like in the into the ridiculousness of it all. And I, man, like I would be so happy if they even had a guy dressed up as the uh, um, uh, the Megazord in a suit. Just don't even make it CG. Just make it a, a dude in a big cardboard suit or whatever. Oh, no. I don't care. Just make it make it as fun. Make this for me. Don't make this for kids. Make this for somebody who's almost 30 years old. No. I I, I think I think you and I are di- have a different opinion on this as far as... I think we both agree, like, hey, make this cheesy. But you're like, yeah, do the cardboard box. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm fine <laughs> with the CG, but I want it, I want it to feel like Pacific Rim. As far as cheesy, um, I, I, I want there to be cool effects. I want them to come together and start that music where they're combining and uh, making the, the the Megazord. And yes, I, I, but it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. And I, I just don't want it to be so I don't want it to be so cheesy with the whole going back with time travel. I 
this just has a lot of potential to flop so hard. And I think when Hasbro did the change with Bumblebee, they didn't. They made a good. They made a good change. And I would hope to see the same thing for this Power Rangers movie that takes itself that takes itself seriously, but knows what it is. You know, it's just yeah. like, oh, this is this cheesy universe. Like, all right, you got a bunch of young bugs who are power wrenches. Like, well, here we go. And they're like, you know, fist bumping and all this stuff. And they're making jokes about me. Like, you ain't going to get a date looking like that. You know, that cheese pizza, blah, blah, blah. Like, give me, give me some of that. But make it work. You know, don't yeah, go, I'm don't go, f- don't go too far into the deep end. Don't do that. Just get the, get, <sighs> get enough there. I don't know, man. I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. And like, I went back when I I read this story originally, I went back and I watched the first trailer for that uh, last reboot of Power Rangers. And like, it still felt like it was going to be a good movie. But then just knowing what I know now, that that first initial wave of marketing for that did not live up to what it actually was. And I don't I don't know, man, like I keep I keep saying this, but nobody wants this. Nobody's asking for this. I just I I want them to make original content. I don't want I don't want this man. Like let the Power Rangers be this dumb TV show for kids now that's going on its like twenty eighth year probably. Like it it is what it needs to be right now. This doesn't need to be for anybody else. It doesn't need to be a movie. I I agree with that a little bit, but as someone who watched a little bit of the power rangers my sister is more in the power rangers than i was my sister's a few years older than me uh she's six years older than me and she grew up with it more my my mom tried to introduce it to me i remember like kind of liking it you know we i want rewatched the vcr uh vhs um movies and i was like oh okay but i wasn't as huge into it i i do know i did dress up as a power ranger one year for halloween but if it flops, I will be happy though, because I I want Hollywood to get the message. Stop force feeding us these crap movies. <laughs> Please <laughs> stop. Come up with something original. I will write something original. Send me to Hollywood, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be enjoying a nice cup of iced tea like Kermit the Frog with that flop. Hollywood, come on. Welcome to the Sewn Up Podcast, everyone. <laughs> This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I am joined by my good friend John, and I am Chris, and we are your hosts for the day. Uh, John, how are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, uh, I feel like this kind of set the tone for this next story we're going to talk about. And we, we already got amped up a little bit, ready to ready to roll here. I know I'm getting amped. You you uh you got me amped in another way when you told me about this. Oh, about this this story we're gonna talk about? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, and, and I'll I'll tell you when I uh when I'll when I give you my take. But uh okay. go on ahead and explain National Treasure Three. Yeah. So National Treasure Three finally has a green light. They have been wanting this movie, well, specifically Jerry Bruckheimer, who was the producer on it, has wanted this movie to happen since 2 came out, um, which I believe was in 2007. So over almost 13 years ago, 
was this last movie. That is, that is, uh, that is, that is just as long as, I feel like that's just as long as Ryan Reynolds wanted a Deadpool movie, but he got his quicker though. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, he did. And I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things that went into why they haven't greenlit this project yet. Cause it sounds like it's just been Jerry Bruckheimer pushing it. Um, I think he's I mean, the only one who's been pushing it. Yeah. No one, literally no one else has. Um, so there's no story. They, they got the guy who, um, who wrote, uh, well, who's writing bad boys Four uh, to write this movie as well, which yes, bad boys four is happening. Mm. Um, I know, man. Uh, so they, this is officially in the works. They are, I think currently throwing around story ideas. So what I wanted to do while there is just all the speculation going around on it, while there's no details or concrete evidence of anything, I just wanted to take the time to pitch what I thought would be probably the best version of what this movie could be. Okay. Um, And just to get your thoughts on that. All right. I'm all ears. Okay. All right. So think about it. We got Ben Gates, modern era, Nicolas Cage. He has just heard about the raid on Area 51 happening, and he's getting excited. He knows that something's going down. He knows that the government is hiding something about U.S. history in Area 51. So he he wants to be a part of this, and he travels to Area 51 and uses this event as a cover to try and sneak past the military and see what secrets the government is hiding. Because again, like he knows things no one else does. He knows that the government is hiding something down there. So while he's there at this big event, he meets a young hacker played by Alden Ehrenreich. And just roll with me on this. We're going very diehard on this. It should be played by uh, uh, Justin Long, but go on ahead. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He's hacking into the mainframe. So Alden Ehrenreich has his own motives for getting in. And you know that there's something dark or sinister going on with him, but you don't know what it is. Obviously, both of them get into Area 51, have a couple close encounters, a couple near-death experiences. Ah, good reference. And they're, they're in the core, they're in the center of Area 51. They find out that it's secretly being controlled by an organization called the Founding Fathers. And they, the government has nothing to do with this. They, it's a front. They want, the people, they want people to think that the government is the one involved in, in this, so they stop asking questions about this organization. And it's their purpose to collect various powerful artifacts from all around the world and just store them and collect them for their nefarious uses. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's revealed that Alden Ehrenreich's character is trying to recover the Sankara stone from the Temple of Doom. And it's revealed that he is the son of Indiana Jones, confirming a cinematic universe. Now, yes. Obviously, this is a time because Disney owns all of this now. Yes. I absolutely hate this idea. I know. Because these two universes should not cross. And I know this is just a a pitch where, you know, this is one set in stone, this isn't real, but I I would also like it noted that when you when you first read my pitch to this, you thought it was real and just I, the fact that it had that glimmer of truth behind it, like you you could have believed this was real and that was enough for me. Well, because that's that goes back to the national treasure. That's national treasure in a, in a nutshell. Because when I saw the first national treasure, I was like, "Oh, 
this was a really cool movie. I, I liked it. But then National Treasure 2 was like, so how do we up our game? But it was like going from like, oh, let me just take like a, a puff of weed to like, I'm going to take crack, LSD, and and heroin, and, uh, and all at the same time. And it came into this insane like idea of like El Dorado, like in American U.S. history, like connecting all these all these things together and i just uh like the the illuminati or the the freemason like part of of national treasure in the beginning was enough for me i was like all right this is a little bit out there but you know this is good enough but it was like conspiracy theorist conspiracy theorist to the extreme where i'm just like you need to be careful a little bit and when you put this out there i was like this is i hate this so much but i i i believed it and i was just like of course (laughs) of course this would be something that they would do um but scripts don't get out that often so i don't know why i was like reading this to be like ugh but um like the idea of having another organization called the founding fathers gives it more depth like oh is this an offshoot and where does it come from i want to know more there's a lot of things i like about this and with uh area 51 being back in the news it makes sense uh alden on uh aaron Reich. aaron Reich, i have no issues with him uh, i think i think he's i think he's a good he's a he's a decent actor i didn't hate him in solo um, I also didn't like how head over heels love him, but he never bothered me in the movie. I was just like, I was along for that ride. So I had, I had no issues with him and I think he could translate well, but these are two universes you do not combine because they are two totally different things. And I'll explain Indiana Jones is a, it's an incredibly fun, different adventure story it takes you across the world in search of uh the last ancient mysteries and preventing bad people from using them hence the nazis and them always getting involved in his stuff uh the russians at one point which we don't really talk about that too much but uh indiana jones is just a different universe and it 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 really touches on that idea of like i want to go out and you know see the la the 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 things like the the Ark of the Covenant and the, the that was so well done and so cool, and uh, the Temple of Doom. Even though everyone agrees, like of the three originals that came out, it's the worst one. It was still interesting to go see a movie, an American movie, about like this temple in India. It was just so different for audiences back then. It exposes you to those things or uh, also the journey in the last crusade. No one talks about the crusades in America. No one knows anything about the crusades. It didn't happen here. We weren't involved. This happened in Europe and going into the Middle East and going back there was cool again. But when it comes to national treasure, it's a thrilling roller coaster ride of people vomiting a complex, complex historical date uh, of information vomited within, you know, two sentences from a one-dimensional character. And it's all stuff that's twisted by conspiracy theorists. But I, I, I must admit, I do like National Treasure, the first one, but it has elements of people just going off the rails, like these people with tinfoil hats. And I'll, I'll put on the tinfoil hat for fun, but I don't believe it. I absolutely do not believe it. One 
you put out something like National Treasure, there are some people out there who are like, see, it's writing on the wall. We've been talking about this for months. And and yeah. that's that's what bothers me about combining these two universes. But Chris, I want to give you just one, probably probably the best reason why I think that they could combine them. Oh boy, money. They think that it would make just a ton a ton of money. That is the same. That is the same driving principle from a green light pers- perspective that got. Um, Star Wars in the weird pseudo place that it is right now. I know. Is money. But Chris, Not, but money. But, but, but <laughs> yes, money would be really nice. But as fans of franchises, and I, and I do think that fans getting exactly what they want, um, giving into fans is a very slippery slope that shouldn't be done all the time. But. If you have people who are making ideas who are doing it just for money and not because they love the projects, that is very concerning and very upsetting. And if something flops, then, you know, I'm the type of person that's just like, well, this is what happens when you give it to somebody who didn't care about it. You know, wipe your hands clean and move on to the next thing. But come on. Part of part of these two great franchises that you got to look at history. And history is, is that Disney... Um, when not putting in to create someone who's got this creative juices going through that loves these franchises, uh, things don't really work out as they, uh, as they plan to be, which I haven't checked to see if rise of Skywalker has even hit the 1 billion mark yet. It did. It had, okay. It made 10 million this week. It made at least yeah. 10 million this week. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. It can finally leave theaters. It it achieved what it came out to do. I don't think it achieved what it came out to do. Well, it made money. That's all they care about. It hit the one billion mark, but I don't think that was their expectation. I think they had higher hopes. But that that goes away from this. I just i i want them to i want them to fix i want them to fix Indiana Jones first before they go on to create this universe. Fix Indiana Jones first because the last movie the uh, the Crystal Skulls, the yeah. Legend of the Crystal Skulls, which is a pretty interesting myth or legend or whatever you may call it. It's an interesting story take. And I think, uh, um, what's his name? Dan Aykroyd is really into space. He's really into aliens. He loves that story, even so much that he made um, Crystal Head Vodka. Um, uh, and, and it comes in a in a bottle that of like it looks like a, a skull. It's a skull made of glass, and inside is vodka. This is all hmm. true. You know, you'll see it at bars and high end bars and stuff like that. It, it's like gluten free. It's really healthy. All this other stuff. I feel like I'm making a pitch for his vodka. <laughs> but if you've seen him on, um, if you've seen him on the Joe Rogan podcast, like he goes off just basically branding his vodka for 45 minutes, and it was nuts. So that's how I know all this stuff, unfortunately, because I watched that podcast and it hurt. It hurt my brain to watch that whole episode with Dan Aykroyd. But I digress. The that that story wasn't well done. A lot of people hated it. You just need you just need someone to bring it all together and not give dis any disservice. It's just so it's, you, that's all I want. So you don't want to see Nicolas Cage survive a nuclear bomb in a fridge. <sighs> Because they did that, and I, 
look, someone in their 20s could not have survived getting blasted like that in a fridge, let alone someone Harrison Ford's age. I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief to a certain degree, but that whole movie would just... Eh, that's a whole other story. Yeah, I can suspend disbelief, but you can't start a movie with that. You you can't you can't start a movie with that. I just I want you you know how I feel about this. And and for the record, I I gotta say when it comes to I love history. I absolutely love history, which is why I enjoy I still enjoy National Treasure, but I love Indiana Jones way more. I just American history is so boring compared to the world history there is so much more out there um so when i look at national treasure i look at it as a kind of like a a smaller case study compared to this thing that indiana jones tackles where it takes me to the to the amazon to the middle east to europe to uh even like places in america that you don't really go to like in the desert or you know going to asia india that's what i love that's what i love about uh the Indiana Jones compared to National Treasure. And your pitch your pitch reminds you of something from Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Which I mean, they could probably also tie that in together with it. The yeah. National oh, Treasure, no. Fast and Furious, Heist movie. Heist movie, you know, they're like, Man, we need to steal the artifact, but it's on a high it's uh it's on the Autobahn and we don't know how to drive that well. We're gonna need Dominic Toretto. lose my mind but i guess i have a question for you um as far as like them confirming this do you think you think this movie is in production you know you brought up the the man who's been trying to do it but do you think this is something to revive uh nicholas cage's dying uh career or do you think it's because hollywood just can't come up with some original idea or it's it's just wants to do sequels and reboots and with its stupid love of love affair of doing it i don't know man like i think nicholas cage is doing the types of movies that he wants to do at this point i think he's pretty content with where his career's at i i think this has been more of a decision from disney trying to get content to eventually go on disney plus uh because i mean ever since that that platform came out i mean you have the mandalorian which brought everyone to it but then i think people have been flocking away in droves because that show was gone and they realized that nostalgia can only take you so far so they've been trying to pump out more and more content like they've moved up wandavision uh, they moved up release... wandavision yes yeah so that's going to release this year now instead of next year they even and... they're releasing disney plus a week early in europe yeah yeah um, I, I think they're really struggling to keep people uh, entertained on that platform. And I think they're trying to restructure and get as much content out as much as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they're already behind everybody as far as the amount of content on their on their streaming service. And I think if they can get enough people intrigued, it'll draw them back in eventually. Um, but I think this is just Disney trying to pump out content basically and i think they could do it with or without nicholas cage i think they would just try and get this movie done i could see your your i could see the disney's point with that to just like just get it out there and we'll think about it later we'll think about it in post yeah which yeah, ver- is very rise of skywalker never a good sign but we'll see what happens yeah we'll see what happens in this next story i very i very we very much had this conversation before about the next james bond uh, it is confirmed that James Bond will not be a woman. I'm okay with this. 
But uh, I, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you read this because I, everyone's been making this mistake online, and I want to see what you do. Yeah. Uh, oh. Oh. I see what you're gonna do. Okay. Uh-huh. That's what's happening here. Um, so James Bond. Uh, they're pr- the main producers have been behind most of these movies. I'm going to intentionally butch this. I. So I, as- I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've probably been saying it wrong in my head for years now, but. Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> you didn't even say Barbara. You're Barbara. Barbara. This sounds like some someone not from Italy. Well, this is this is my lovely wife, Barbara. This is Peter Peter Griffin's take on this name. Barbara. No, but you were close. Barbara Broccoli. Broccoli. Everyone wow, is saying, everyone is saying broccoli and podcasts yep. and all stuff. It's not. It's not broccoli. It's broccoli. Okay. Well, that corrects the years that I've been saying that incorrectly. Oh, thank Barbara you, Barbara Broccoli. Are you? I was like, that's a horrible last name for someone. Why would? Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. When you watch enough James Bond uh, documentaries, like you learn how to see their name. Yeah. So, anyways, so. Barbara Broccoli oh and <laughs> Michael Wilson, uh, James Bond producers, have said in a recent interview that in speaking of James Bond, he can be any color, but he is male. I believe we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that. I've been saying this since we talked about this on a previous episode of the podcast, where I really hoped that they didn't just make it into a Jane Bond character, that they that they would create a new for like a new character altogether for her, and that they would let James Bond be his own thing and not try and because uh, obviously it's going to tick off a lot of fans if you do that, just because there already is that small group of people that would just get mad no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it they're really starting to open up the universe into more than what it has been in the past, which is just one central figure around a, a, uh, this organization, and there's one focus on one double O agent. Um, and by doing this, I think that you open the door to have multiple double O's competing against each other, uh, interacting with each other in various ways, and it I think it's going to give them a bit more creatively to do overall um so i'm i'm happy that they're making lashana lynch's character her 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 own thing uh making it uh a strong character on her own without having to lean on the double o or without having to lean on the bond name and that uh james bond who they haven't even recast or haven't even started to recast because they're focused on finishing this movie and getting it out um james bond can continue to be his own thing and their interaction can be something new that maybe revitalizes this franchise in a new way. Yeah, and I remember when we last talked about this, when the when the trailer for for the No Time to Die came out, I remember saying that um, when it came to there being a female Bond, I was fine with it. But they can't. When it comes to doing the 007, I ca- they do it. The, the series is incredibly unique in how they do this episodic universe, but all the episodes are not tied into each other until um, uh, of recently with Daniel Craig's 
and the producers being behind that uh, and the, how the writing is done. But I, I didn't want them to just like be, her be like, oh, it's 007, you know. And this is, I was fine with it, do, them calling her like uh, Jane Bond, but it had to be done really, really well. I, and But I, I definitely was of the mindset that I, that I would prefer they just make her a different double O, that they make her like a double O five or, you know, give her her own story with an MI6. I don't, you know, she deserves better. If they're going to introduce a woman, you know, secret agent, you know, you could make her part of the James Bond universe. Give her that respect. Give her her own role. Don't make her the next, you know, don't make her James Bond. Make the James Bond like the the alias that they give their their double O uh agent names you know you know if she's gonna be called jane bond but she's 005 i'm fine with that i have no issue because they're supposed to be undercover all the time not everyone knows who 007 is except for the people who are really into the espionage world that's the whole point and i'm well the whole point is that his name is supposed to sound pretty uh what's the word for it but uh, pretty pretty uh, it's pretty pretty. No, it's a pretty bland name. James Bond is supposed to be a bland name by the person who created it. But you know, going back to it is you know if they have a Jane Bond and she's 005, the whole point is it's like oh, MI MI six is giving out these you know alias names so that people aren't connected in the espionage world. I'm fine with that. I just don't want her to be 007 and Jane Bond. It just it. It's not fair. It's not fair to someone who, like Lashana Lynch, who could be put into this Bond universe as a secret agent. I want to, if they do do this, I want to see her interact. She gets her own series, or if another woman gets the their own their own episode spinoffs within this universe. I want to see how they interact with M and Q. I want it to be different. So then, I guess that that begs the question: Do you want them to make this like a? like a, a expanded universe based in the Daniel Craig world that they've created, or do you want them to, cause I don't, I don't think there's an either or I think either you have a, a shared universe based in this world that they've built or you reset it and make it more episodic with the next bond that they've set up. Um, cause I think if you, if you continue to make it episodic in the way that they did before Craig, then you have to reset at least most of of the characters of the story, um, and and it would be really difficult to have the same M, the same Q, the same Money Penny, all of these characters in a new Bond if you're going to make it another uh, like separate episodic type of series. So what do you think? Uh, well, I see your point, and this is Craig's last last one. You know, this No Time to Die is the last one. And this will be kind of a, a really cool ending to something we haven't seen before uh, from the James Bond series. I think they could still do the episodic. I, I kind of disagree with you with that, or that they can continue to do the episodic and introduce this character. I think that it's just a little bit more, you have to give it a little bit more care. We talk about in uh, Hollywood how they're just like, yeah, you could do this, blah, 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 you know, sequel. James Bond hasn't really been tied down by that. They've been doing this for a long time. It's the most unique thing, I think, in cinema. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Friends or Cheers where, like, it doesn't look like they age that much. Or Seinfeld would rather be the better one, where they where they don't age. They're just stuck in the same time bubble, but it's just shot in more 
like year to year, technology gets better and stuff like that, um, which is kind of unique, and that's why I love it so much. I think they could still do it, but it needs to be a small cinematic universe. I don't want it to be something huge. I don't want them to get away from what makes the James Bond series so unique and different from any other movie property out there. Yeah. See, I, I kind of think that with what they've done with Daniel Craig's Bond, I think it's a turning point for for James Bond as a whole. And I think if they're going to introduce a new character with LaShawn Lynch in this movie, I think that their intention by doing that is to create a new, like a, I don't want to keep saying expanded universe, but like a, a some kind of interconnected movie world where they have the James Bond and his standalone movies. And I think that that opens the door for opportunities to make other double O standalone movies within that same world. Because I think if you're going to have a character like, like who LaShawn Lynch is supposed to be, I think it's going to do a disservice to her and to also to 007 or Bond, whoever it is, um, in the future movies by having them share the screen continuously if it's supposed to be limited to episodic movies that aren't interconnected um, because then it, it limits their own character development. It restricts them to having to interact with each other continu- or constantly, um, which I think would be good in various stages of their relationship or career. Um, but to do it, like to li- to restrict yourself to having to do that every movie, I think would be a disservice to that story. Um, mm. So I would be more interested to see um, an expansion of the James Bond world and um, kind of go into corners of it that we haven't necessarily seen before, um, really start to build on the characters that we know or we, that we think we know. Um, but maybe see more than one or two double O's interact in one movie. Um, maybe have a separate story with them competing for the same goal. Um, I, th- I think it gives them a rare opportunity to delve into new types of stories that they haven't done before that I think other spy movies haven't been able to do before as well. So yeah, my vote is shared interconnected universe like the Marvel, like the DC world. Everything's supposed to be interconnected, even... Uh, even National Treasure and Indiana no. Jones. Nope, no, <laughs> you can't get you can't get me to say I like it. But I will say that uh, they did show 006 and the Bond series, and I think that if you do an a, a expanded universe, if you have you know 007, you have 006, and you have maybe one other agent, I think it's fine. I think that's okay. And guess what? If it fails, there are other James Bond movies that have failed, and you just you know, you go on to the next arc, and that's the thing I love about it. There are, you know, these these different actors who get these producers who make the good ones. They there are failures that they learn from from their predecessors, and they they make movies that way, which is yeah. how the Bond series has survived for so long. That's very true. But I so, do. I, oh, we're gonna ask the same question. We really are. <laughs> Great minds think alike without our reading off the same script. Yes. <laughs> So you 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 go ahead first. Uh, I'll go first. So the question is is like so who do we want to cast as the next Bond because we know it's not going to be Lashana Lynch. So for my choices, I have three of them, and the first one is Mark Strong. I think Mark Strong would be a fantastic choice for uh, the next James Bond, and his stage presence is amazing. 
Obviously, he's still uh, a little bit on the older side, but, you know, he and he does have a larger frame and he could probably slim down to look for the part. But I think I think uh, I think the UK, even though they're the ones who are more particular about this, I think he would be a fantastic different take. He's my first choice for it to be the next James Bond. Uh, and then the other pick that most people I think here in America would love to see would be Idris Elba. Uh, despite him being 47 years old, you know, he's got, he's, you know, four years younger than Daniel Craig. He looks great for his age. He could pass his, in his early forties if he needed to. And he has shown us that even in this, in this time of, uh, aging out stars that he can do it as we saw with the Hobbs and Shaw he was amazing you know this guy can do it he's intense and my last pick goes to Charlie Hunnam now an issue for Charlie Hunnam is that he would need to shave which would be sad but if you want a more beefy bond I think Charlie Hunnam would be great and he's used to these Guy Ritchie films he's done he's done before I think the King Arthur one with him He's also yeah. starting. He's doing the the gentleman movie. That's yep. also another Guy Ritchie movie, and it, it kind of matches that style, but it's more like there's more levity into it compared to the James Bond series that is kind of like serious, serious within its own universe and takes on the more uh, mundane things and kind of makes them cool. So I definitely think that uh, he would be another fantastic choice. Uh, but John, tell me what you got. I think for my first pick, uh, Tom Hardy. Well, okay. So my first two picks are basically what the internet has been saying. Tom Hardy and Idris Elba. Um, Hardy has got the more physical bond that they've been going for with Daniel Craig. Um, but I think he's going to be tied up with Venom for for a long enough time, which would put him out of the running for this next iteration of Bond. Ooh, um, yuck. And I, I think Idris Elba would be great. Um, but I don't see him committing to such a physical role and such like, cause he, I mean, he committed to the Thor movies, but those were like, he had such a small role in them anyways and in the Marvel universe that he could do other projects. But for this, I think it would take up too much of his time to do other, other types of roles. And I don't see him committing to it. Like the 10, 15 years that Daniel Craig has done, I could maybe see him doing one, maybe two movies in the, with James Bond at the most, um and and yes he does do the physicality well now but uh i don't see him doing it long term and i think they're going to want to pick somebody who can do it long term um so in that regard my next two picks i've got luke evans i think he would be great for the longevity he's shown that he can do some pretty physical roles um he's got the stage presence i think I, i just don't think that he's had that breakout role that would kind of propel him into the spotlight in a lot of ways but mm-hmm. I think that James McAvoy would be a great pick for this. He's shown that he can get fit for Split. Um, and in that movie, he had, what, 12 or 13 different characters that he showed on screen. Um, so he's got an incredible range. He's got charm. And he can do it for the long haul. He's not he's not tied down by X-Men or those M. Night Shyamalan movies anymore. Um so as far as franchises go, he's just been opened up, unless they plan on using him in another way uh, for future Marvel movies, which I there's nothing that's been said so far. But 
I think as far as flexibility, longevity, physicality, I think James McAvoy would be a great pick. Yeah, I think your James McAvoy pick is uh, pretty interesting. Uh, just because I, while you were talking, I was looking up. Mark Strong is 56 years old. So he's pretty much out of it. But James McAvoy would be a good replacement because they are both bald. But, and while that is is a funny argument for me to be like, there's never been a bald Bond, uh, James McAvoy is, I, I like him as an actor. I really do. I think he's fantastic. He's had a lot of great roles, but I have a hard time seeing him as James Bond, and I don't, I don't know why. And I, well, I think the reason why is that I don't see him speaking the queen's language, the king's language enough. Uh, I've only seen him in a roles in a lot of roles where he has to play an American, which I think it would be fine for him to, to use the Scottish voice because you have Sean Connery who is this iconic bond and he was Scottish darling. Yes. <laughs> so you, I don't think you need somebody with a, as like a strict British accent. I think if you have somebody from the British Isles as a whole, I think that would be good enough I mean, obviously he can do, I think he can do any kind of accent. I mean, like I said, he's got the range. He's done plenty of other voices in in the past. I don't think a British accent would take him out of the running or anything. Um, But I think that with Sean Connery as a precedent, I think the door to Scottish actors has been opened. Yeah, you you got a good point. Even even at one point I was thinking like, man, um, the the people from Game of Thrones who are the who are from Scotland would be great picks. Uh, but then I thought about it and then I was like, they'd never shave. They would <laughs> never to be no. James Bond. But I mean, Richard Madden's name has been thrown around too, but I, that's I who just don't think, see him. That's who I'm trying to think of. Richard yeah, Madden as well. But he's also doing the Eternals, which is going to put him with the Marvel properties for a long time. So it's potentially could uh, mix up with their schedules with that. So I think he's going to be out of the running. Yeah. And Babara Broccoli. Thank you. It's... <laughs> It's so hard to say. I had to think, and my brain was short-circuited. <laughs> uh, Barbara Broccoli, Barbara Broccoli uh, definitely has a lot of choices. I think compared, I think it's, I think it is a little bit harder though here now with having so many choices, is because we live in a time where people can get on the internet and like have an opinion right away. Whereas in back then, when they're like, oh, we choose this person, they're like, and they even though they get on about it in the papers, you know. 40 years ago, they can get onto the movie and be like really, really good and be like, oh yeah, we stand corrected. But in this time, like you're getting bombarded the, from all angles about your, the choices you make. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they choose from there. But yeah, uh, John, what are you watching? So obviously I saw 1917 this past weekend. Uh, Chris so, and I were kind of fangirling about it right before we started recording. So good. Oh my god, dude. Like, I don't want to get into it all again, but uh, if you have not seen this movie, you need to go see it right now. Um, like, press, press pause on the last few minutes of this podcast, go see this movie, and then come back and finish it up. Even um, there's only like a minute or two left in this podcast, you should go see 1917. You exactly. should go see it. Don't bring thing- your kids. Don't, and don't bring don't bring kids who you bring to rated R movies who are like 15, 16. Don't do that either. Let them 
let them wait before they go see this movie. And it has nothing to do with like, oh, you know, there, there are boobs or there is dong. There is none of that. But it is a, it is a very, it's very graphic in a different way that you don't really realize until you're an adult. Um, it's just and, emotionally visceral. Emotionally visceral, yes. There's some certain imageries in it that is is war, but very different from if you've seen Saving Private Ryan or Band of Brothers. They those those movies and series and stuff like that. There's certain scenes where you don't have to see blood to get a very uh, heavy reaction that is almost um, mind numbing and muscle numbing even to a certain extent. And there's a couple scenes in this movie where it hits you with that. So just don't bring a 16 or 15 year old to this movie. Don't do it. Don't be that guy. Don't, don't do it. And I know that sounds kind of childish for us to say, but like after you see it for yourself, you can determine if they're mentally able to grasp at what's being told. Yeah. So the other thing I've been watching recently, uh, it's three episodes long on Netflix called Killer Inside, The Mind of Aaron Hernandez. Uh, it is a sport documentary. It kind is. Of. And I, I had of. no idea about like the all of the details that went on behind what happened with Aaron Hernandez. And mm-hmm. obviously I don't sport, but I like I knew I, I feel like I knew of him in the, when he was with the Patriots. Um, I've I remember hearing his name in the news but then to see everything play out in this documentary was so interesting. And just to watch like the story of his life and him rise to fame and then just plummet so hard. Um, it was just a really interesting take on, uh, the sports figure and, uh, really got me interested in, uh, was it CTE? Um, uh, yes, yeah, so you got it correct. It is CTE. Yeah, so other types of brain injuries like that, and they're they're the way that they play into these people's decisions and and how it's been affecting the NFL. Uh, it was just I thought it was just a really interesting um, look into that whole world, and I'm really glad uh, Jill and I watched it. Um, so, Chris, what have you been watching? I've not really been watching anything. I've been playing a lot of For Honor, though. A lot of that that nine that 2016 Ubisoft game, For Honor. I've been playing a lot of that, which is kind of surprising. I didn't think I would, but I found a good group of people on PlayStation 4. I was kind of bored and was like, oh, I'll try it out. And some people had mics. We are having a good time, so I've been playing with uh, them online for the past week. It's been it's been a lot of fun. My, my love for the game has been kind of rekindled. So, um... I have not watched anything since that time, but uh, I am. I did come to the realization that Sonic the Hedgehog movie is coming out uh, in less than a month. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, it just hit you, right? It did. Oh, it comes boy. out on Valentine's Day, and uh, I was talking to someone online. I was like, "I'm, I, I want to go see this movie, not because." Not because like I am super interested in Sonic, which I, I never grew up with Sonic that much. I knew it existed, but I wasn't a big fan of it. I never played the games. I never owned a Sega console. But um, I kind of want to go see it because the studio actually changed the animation. And even though I do think that sometimes fans need to shut up and just like not, you know, just be like, wait for the project to come out. I think wholeheartedly nobody liked that animation when it came out and yeah uh, their idea of what sonic was was not great and 
they did what no one else has done before and listened to the fans enough to completely change it. Um, yeah, a very, they... a very scary standard to set. Yep. Yep. Very Makes scary. me very worried. <laughs> yeah. But I, but yeah, I kind of want to see it for the fact that they did change it and see if it, if I'm thinking about it, it's like, would this be a lot worse if the hedgehog looked like a human, like a, yes, like a six year old child with blue hair all over it and a, and a real hedgehog nose. Yes. Yes, it would. It's the cat's movie. That's what, what it would look like. And that can Ew. give you nightmares. Oh man. We're ending on cats. Yuck. I think I'm going to cough up a furball. Oh, oh no. Oh no. A reference. All right. Well, that's it for the Sum It Up podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>